Amen. That was beautiful. Thank you for that. Let's open our Bibles, please, to Isaiah chapter 10. Isaiah chapter 10, we are going to discuss uh, once again this evening the sovereignty of God uh, versus the free will of man. And a uh, super great verse, uh, verse 15, we'll look at that, but we want to begin reading in verse 5 so that we can get the uh, context of the, the, uh, the passage and understand the background uh, historically in what was taking place. So let's look at Isaiah 10, verse 5. O Syrian, the rod of mine anger and the staff in their hand is mine indignation. I will send him against an hypocritical nation and against the people of my wrath while I give him a charge to take the spoil and to take the prey and to tread them down like the mire of the streets. Howbeit he meaneth not so, neither doth his heart think so, but it is in his heart to destroy and cut off nations, not a few. For he saith, Are not my princes altogether kings? Is not Calno as Carchemish? Is not Hamath as Arpad? Is not Samaria as Damascus? As my hand hath found the kingdoms of the idols, and whose graven images did excel them of Jerusalem and Samaria, shall I not, as I have done unto Samaria and her idols, so do to Jerusalem and her idols? Wherefore it shall come to pass that when the Lord hath performed his whole work upon Mount Zion and on Jerusalem, I will punish the fruit of the stout heart of the king of Assyria and the glory of his high looks. For he saith, By the strength of my hand I have done it, and by my wisdom, for I am prudent, and I have removed the bounds of the people, and have robbed their treasures, and I have put down the inhabitants like a valiant man, and my hand hath found as a nest the riches of the people, and as one gathereth eggs that are left, have I gathered all the earth, and there was none that moved the wing, or opened the mouth, or peeped? Shall the axe boast itself against him that heweth therewith? Or shall the saw magnify itself against him that shaketh it, as if the rod should shake itself against them that lift it up? Or as if the staff should lift up itself, as if it were no wood? So it mentions the axe, boasting, and then the saw. And uh, I want to talk to you tonight. This is very important. And I've entitled this, If Tools Could Talk. If Tools Could Talk. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you bless the study. We yield your spirit. We pray that he would lead and guide us as to what to say and how to say it, uh, that we could understand uh, being a vessel, being used of thee, and uh, being humble and uh, bowing down and walking uh, humbly with thee, agreeing with thee, realizing without thee we can do absolutely nothing. We yield your spirit that he would reveal these things to us, convict where needs be, help us to reaffirm and help us to understand uh, this great uh, historical event that you used the king of Assyria and his armies, and then you used someone else against them. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If tools could talk, 
You know, one of the great verses, Proverbs 21, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. So even though the king has free will, he makes his own decisions. He is in control of his life. Actually, the Lord is so powerful. He is omnipotent. He is sovereign that he can use that free will of the king to accomplish his sovereign will. We see this all the time. So Israel went into idolatry just like Samaria. Samaria was the northern kingdom, Israel in the, or Judea in the south. God judged Samaria. Then God was going to judge uh, Jerusalem, Zion. And so he raised up the king of Assyria. And he, you have to know history. I'm not going to go into the details of this, but the Assyrian army was so powerful. They were undefeatable. I mean, they were so powerful. The king of Assyria was so lifted up with pride. He thought that no one could stand against him. No wall, no gates. If he besieged a city, it would utterly fall eventually. And he began to blaspheme very lifted up with pride as we read. So God raised him up to judge Israel and then he began to boast about it. Look what I've done. Look how great I am. I am invincible. Uh, I can do whatever I want. I will force my will. I will spoil all of these defeated nations and cities. And then because he was lifted up, God then raised up someone else to judge him and you know a lot of these men were ended up they were killed even by their own sons or their own servants in their own house when they went back home so it kind of reminds you i think what it says in amos where there was a lion in the street and everybody's afraid the guy goes home leans his hand on the wall and an ass bites him in his own house god's will is going to go forward and we need to understand that even though we have free will and we, as far as that goes, deter, determine our own destiny by the decisions we make, but God has a sovereign will and in the free will, this should humble us. We should be so amazed at the power of God that we ought to stay very humble because if we begin to boast and to think, it's our accomplishment. Look what I have done. Uh, then God will show us without him, we can do nothing. So if you look at the background of the text, when King Hezekiah of Judah, he's invaded by this uh, Syrian army uh, and also with uh, Sennacherib came in. But and me and Brother uh, Horjashimer were talking about this a little bit uh, last Lord's Day, but the kingdom had been split under Rehoboam. Israel in the north, Judah in the south um, were being invaded. In the north, they were being repopulated by heathen peoples. These became known as the Samaritans, and they were looked down upon by the pure Jews in the south. Um, but Judah in the south, they held out, they stood their ground, the temple was in the south. The true priests, the Levites, were in Jerusalem. But eventually, 
they once again degraded and they yielded to the temptation and they uh, gave in to idolatry and when that happened judgment's going to fall so remember what the bible says that our body is the temple of the holy ghost if you destroy this temple god will destroy you you can even in the new testament age you have to take this very very seriously so hezekiah comes uh, and the Bible says there was no greater king than Hezekiah. With all of his mistakes and flaws and weaknesses and uh, poor decision-making later on, there was no greater king than him. And he leads is, uh, Judah in a great revival. And eventually, you probably know the story, in one moment, one angel of the Lord kills 185,000 Assyrian soldier. It's really one of the greatest stories in the Bible. Little as much when God is in it. You know, a lot of time we're looking for numbers, we're looking for money, assets, uh, big things like that. But if God's in it, God's going to show up. Uh, all we need is, is the Lord. All we need to trust in Him. You can't trust in money, armies, uh, capital, all these things. So, you have to see what led up to this. Assyria was invincible. Everywhere they went, they conquered every nation that they invaded, every city that they besieged. They plundered and ravished, and they were very, very wealthy. They were taking more people and increasing the numbers in their military. And in their mind, you know, they were the greatest army on earth. You know, I remember when I was way back younger, I remember when we invaded under General Schwarzkopf in the uh, Gulf War when uh, Iraq had taken, now I can't think of that little country, that the whole, huh, Kuwait, the whole thing was over. And he thought he had the right to do so because Kuwait was previously Iraqi territory. From his mind, he, he had the right to do it. And then we, you know, they did the, uh, the flanking pincer move. They went way behind him with the troops and risked a lot. They had, I remember it in detail, they had the Marines with a, uh, it was a, a decoy that they were going to do an amphibious assault in a certain place. And anyway, you know, we, we utterly destroyed them. And those, I think it was Russian T-72 tanks, and we had the M1 Abrams, we had the, the uh, Warthog tank destroyer. But, but we had all these, we, we, you know, great far weaponry and technology. But, you know, as it was going on, and there were, all this stuff was on CNN back then. I don't even think they had Fox News or Newsmax or any of that stuff back then. But I thought, I, I said, I wonder if we're gonna win. You know, and a lot of people said, well, we're the greatest army on earth. There's no way we can lose. And that's true, humanly speaking. But, you know, I was wondering, is God in this or not? How would I know? You know, uh, and a lot of people, they begin to look at assets, numbers, past events, and they begin to think, I'm invincible. I've been through this before. It's going to happen again. It's what Assyria thought. And 
Look what happened to them. One angel wiped them out. You know, think of 185,000 men back there in one place of all the bodies, the carcasses lying dead. And God put them in their place. Why? Because the tool was talking foolish. The tool was talking the wrong way. And God says, well, can the uh, axe boast that it did anything? No, it's just a, the axe is absolutely nothing without a man putting it in his hands and doing some chopping. Then he says, why would the saw boast? Because the saw is absolutely nothing unless a man picks it up and uses his intent and free will and physical strength to saw something and Assyria and Sennacherib forgot they're nothing but a tool. That's all they were. And because the tool talked foolishly, God raised up the angel to judge them. And this happens over and over and over throughout history. We see it happen individually. It happens with nations and kingdoms. It's the same play, just different actors. There is nothing new under the sun. So, what good are these things by themselves? You know, and I'm sure some of you probably have a great, maybe, workshop, maybe a great workbench. You might have the latest in technology of all your tools. And, uh, you know, you might have one of those like in a, a mechanic's garage, you know, all, every, anything imaginable. But when you go out there and you look, well, that's a quality tool right there. Then you say, well, that one, not so much. You know, like those screwdrivers you use for a chisel. Uh, they don't work too good. And those Phillips that were made in China, and, and all it is is basically chrome plating, and, you, and the, the whole thing, my dad calls it boogers. I guess that's an Oklahoma term. And you boogered up that Phillips but, uh, you know, we were putting up um, brand new shades the other day in a house. And this, the screws were snapping in half, just garbage. And we had to pilot hole. And then if you didn't do the pilot hole exactly right, it was snapping the screw off. You know, you know what I'm talking about. You hit the screw and you just, and it just stripped the whole thing. Uh, high quality metal. But, you know, if you have an ax, can it boast? What can an axe do by itself? A saw, what can it do all by itself? Say you have a really nice drill. Maybe it's a really high quality cordless drill and the battery lasts a long time and it has variable speed and it's just, un and it's, a, it's unbelievable. Maybe it has that setting of uh, hammer power, I forget what it's called. Like, I have one like that, that'll drill through uh, concrete or mortar easily. What can it do all by itself? Nothing. How many nails can a hammer drive by itself? How many screws can a screwdriver drive by itself? How many things can a knife cut all by itself? Absolutely nothing. It's, what about pliers? Can it ply, that's a good word. Can it squeeze and grab and twist and pull? Can't do anything. What about a wrench or an Allen head or a star wrench? They got all these things now, so there's too many to, 
you know, all, all these different variables, so you have to buy different things uh, in, in the American way. But can't do one thing. But Sennacherib said, look what I did. Boy, I'm really great. Look how powerful I am. I'm invincible. Look at my army. But the reality is, in God's mind with his sovereignty, he was just a tool. All he was was an axe. All he was was a saw. And it talks about a reed or a staff. Can the reed hold itself up and shake it? No. You know, you look at a cudgel, it's just there until somebody picks it up. You look at a sword, it's just there till somebody picks it up. You look at a gun, a gun can't do anything. Somebody has to pick it up. And, you know, all this gun control stuff, they say guns kill. No, they don't. People kill. Guns can't kill anybody. And, and even in like England, these people are going crazy. They're trying to outlaw knives. Just, yeah. uh, knives don't kill anybody. People kill people. You know, and it's just like a pen can't write. Somebody's got to pick it up. The keyboard can't type. Somebody has to type it in. So all these things are just tools. And so what is the lesson for us? That's all we are. You know, I have no, I can't boast of one thing. There's nothing I can do without Him. Right. I didn't make myself. I don't make the uh, autonomic systems of my body work. Uh, and, and the voluntary muscles, I can do that. Not the involuntary. You know, you don't make your heart beat and, and your kidneys function. You don't make your digestive system assimilate nutrients and give you energy. We can't do it. You don't, know, you don't know the neurological system of your body. All these things were made by God for His glory. And a lot of people get what I call the big head. They begin to think they're doing it. They've accomplished it. Look at me. Look how great I am. And, you know, I try to catch myself on this. You know, we had a guy visit our house yesterday. He said, you have a beautiful home. I said, well, the Lord did it. I didn't, I didn't make that stuff. Did you make any trees to grow the wood? Did you make what all's in there? Clay tiles? I didn't make it. What Did you make uh, rubber? I didn't make it. You make gypsum? I think that's what sheetrock or drywall's made of. I didn't make it. Where am I to boast? It's just a house. And a lot of people would just blow it up. <laughs> Thank you. Look what I did, and I picked that. You better watch out. You know, if tools could talk, you'd get mad at it. I said, what? You know, next time you pick up a hammer and drive a nail, and you put the hammer down, you hear it go, look at the nail I drove. Well, you'll think you've lost it. <laughs> but hammer didn't, it's a tool. It's a tool. So what does the Bible call us? A vessel. A ves what does a vessel do? It's a container. Like a blood vessel, it transports blood from one part of your body to the other. Or you can take, uh, put water in that vessel. You can carry it somewhere else. You can give it to someone else. Or you can drink it. It's just a vessel. And the sooner we realize this, the sooner God's going to do more with us. 
and God's going to get more glory. Amen. But human nature is sinful nature, which is pride. Pride goeth before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. And you hear a lot of people take credit, and they didn't do anything. They take the credit, and it lifts them up even more. Uh, like Brother Howell said, they're bloated up like a bullfrog. And I don't understand it, but it's human nature. We've all done it. You know, if you, if you don't think you haven't done it, you're lying to yourself. Everybody's gloated at some point in your life. And so this is something we have to face and we have to work on it constantly. And it needs to become a way of life. So if we realize all we are is a vessel. Number two, the vessel has no right to boast. And when God does use you, you give God all the glory. Amen. Because why? That's all we are. But if tools could talk, what would they say? A humble tool, tool would say, well, I, I am a high quality drill. I was designed with the best of technology by an engineer. And I really, I, drill, I drilled that hole the best on earth. But I didn't do anything. The driller did it. And the person who designed the drill and made the drill. I am nothing. So, we mentioned this in the past. I want to, I want to go over this quickly in conclusion. Very important. Two types of energy. You have potential energy, kinetic energy. Potential is the energy that's there waiting, but it's stagnant. It is static. Then you have kinetic energy, which is the potential energy moving. So it's in action. It becomes, uh, some call it animated. It's moving, and it's, it's, a, it's an action. So we as humans create the image of God. We're not static. We are not doing nothing potentially. In every one of us, there's a moving energy. So you have the choice. If you're full of pride, pride moves upward, outward, and it expands. That's what pride does. It's a expanding haughtiness. Humility, though, it moves, sinks downward, and it shrinks. It is internal, and it bows down. It does not lift up and is smart aleck, like Brother Roloff would say. It is humble, shrinking, internal, bowing down, and it doesn't take the credit. It doesn't seek accolades. It's not looking for a pat on the back. And it's not looking for somebody to boast about them or what they have or any of these things. So every one of us has this decision to make. Will we be lifting up, expanding, puffing? So what does 1 Corinthians 13 say? Knowledge puffeth up. If you're highly educated, you have to deal with pride in a more crucial way. Uh, if you're highly educated and you're well-read and you have a lot of knowledge, you have to be very careful because the, the natural tendency of 
knowledge is puffing. So if you lift yourself up, God's going to put you down. But if you humble yourself, the Lord will lift you up. So if the humility is a internal, invisible, shrinking, downward, sinking, and that's why you bow the knee to the Lord, bow the heart to the Lord, bow the head uh, when you pray humbly, because you are moving in that direction. So the greatest swelling is taking credit for your accomplishments or things that you did not do. Your appearance, did you choose the way you look? No, we didn't choose the gender of sex, our appearance, the shape of our nose, the color of our eyes. You didn't choose what state you were born in or your parents. What are we boasting about? You know, and I know Texas is the great state and all that stuff. What, what's there to boast about? Uh, we didn't choose it and we didn't make it. So if you take credit for your accomplishments or your acquisitions or your possessions, this is what I own, this is my jewelry, this is my collection, you know, this is mine, and you begin to think somehow you deserve some uh, credit or accolades, or what about your title? You know, a lot of people have a title they don't deserve. A lot of people are given positions of power and they really didn't earn it and they don't deserve it and they're really not qualified. Because if you're not humble, you don't deserve to be in power. And if you can't relate to the common man and walk humbly, you don't deserve to have a position of power. So what does it do? It goes to their head. They think they're better than other people, and that's what's happening now. They're trying to recreate a caste system, filthy rich, dirt poor, eliminate largely the middle class, which that's what makes capitalism great in America, but also knowledge. So if you can, but if you can run faster than somebody else, what's there to brag about? I beat you, I ran faster than you, <laughs> give me glory. You know, did you make the shape of your body or your coordination? No. Did you make your physical skills? No. What are we bragging about? You know, I've always wondered, when, like when I was a kid, I'd watch that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar guy and he did the sky hook, but he could almost dunk without jumping. I don't know, I think he might have had to, yeah, or, I mean, what is the bragging about somebody who can put a ball in a hoop who's 10 foot tall and all they got to do is that? Well, what's there to brag about like that guy named Spud Webb who's that tall and has pogo stick legs and he can dunk? Did he make his legs? No. God did. Did he, did he decide if he'd be born with springy legs? No. It's all of the Lord. But people are always talking about people. They're talking about tools. They're talking about the accomplishment. Who's the goat? Who's the greatest of all time? Who's the loat, the luckiest of all time? It's, it's all this just wasted time talking when everybody is a tool. Everybody is nothing but a vessel. So think about it.
If you win a competition, you lose a competition. If you buy something, acquire a new possession, if you sell a possession. What's it all about? Your purchases, your possessions, your accumulations, your uh, all the things in your life, your infrastructure, your appearance. What about your talent? You know, I, I admire somebody who didn't wasn't given as much talent, but they try to serve and honor the Lord as somebody who's really talented, but they don't do it for God. I, I admire that person way more. Or somebody's status in society, or their educational level, or whatever it is. So we are a creation of God, created in the image of God. We are but dust. And the only thing that keeps us alive is God lent us a spirit. It says he is the spirit, the father spirits. Shall we not be subject to the father spirits and honor and glorify him? So a tool has no right to boast. And so I conclude with this. What does it say in Ephesians 2, 8 and 10? We're saved by grace through faith, right? And that not of yourselves it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. If anybody could work their way to heaven or add one iota of labor to earn their salvation or give one penny to buy their salvation or join one organization to earn their salvation or get dumped in a tank or take a wafer or whatever it is, then they could go to heaven and boast throughout eternity, look what I, and the tool would be talking. But God said it's by grace, through faith, it's not of yourselves, not of works, lest any man should boast. God's going to get all the glory. Amen. All of it. So why can't we give it to Him now? So, God's sovereign. I want to tell you, I'll read you a story here. Uh, my Uncle James, uh, I'm sorry, Uncle Charles James sent me this many, many years ago. I think it's true. Uh, just shows you the, how God is in control of everything. And then we'll be through. Uh, and, and this is really amazing. Um, and a lot of times, people just don't get it. But I'll tell you the story just real, real briefly. In a Civil War battle, in the nighttime on the battlefield, there were many casualties and there was moans. One of the Union officers heard somebody out there moaning, and he had compassion. He says, I'm going to try to help them. And when the armies were hearing people and seeing shadows, they would shoot at people trying to go help the wounded. But he got on his belly and he crawled out there, and he reached someone in the dark. It was a young man, and he, and he said, I'm going to try to save you. And he didn't know if he was a Yankee or a rebel, and he drags him all the way back to the Union safety. And unbelievably, when he got there, it was his son. Now, this suppose a true story. It was his own son, and he, he, was, he died as he was dragging him. And his son had gone to the South to learn music right before the war started, and he lost contact with him, and his son decided to sign up as a rebel. So he was fighting against his dad, and they didn't know it. But he saw in his pocket a piece of paper, and his son had become a musician, and he wrote a song, and that song is what we know as Taps, 
that they play at all the, the military funerals, and it's a very haunting, unbelievably sad, uh, it, it really works your emotions, and, and uh, it's unbelievable. But think about how the song Taps came to be, which is played, which draws on the hearts of those who hear it uh, with the military and the uh, grief and the emotions and all that's involved with the ultimate sacrifice. And this man, a Yankee, didn't care who it was, he was going to help him, risked his life, it was his own son. And just think about that. You know, Taps would have never been discovered if that event hadn't taken place. Now that man chose to do it. His son chose to go learn music. His son chose to sign up for the South. But God was in control of everything. You know, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord as the rivers of water. He turneth it whithersoever he will. I don't understand anything that's going on politically right now. I mean, it makes no sense to me. But God is still God. And the tool talks. Some of them boast. We have no... You know what our talking ought to be? I didn't do anything. Praise the Lord. My, that's a nice new car you have. Sure is. I didn't make it. <laughs> I'm, I praise the Lord for it. I didn't make it. What, what do I have to boast? Uh, talking tools. All right. Let's stand. All right, let's pray for those who travel. Pray for their safety as they go home.